Let's give Kate Sowell a hand, please. She does so much for our community. If you remember a few uh, weeks ago on Saturday, we had the fiesta. We hosted it out here in the parking lot, and it was incredible to see so many different organizations, businesses come together to provide uh, a services to our kids, that was all under her leadership. We were talking after our nine o'clock gathering about all that God is doing for our community. A question for you, who resonated with one thing that Kate said? Who, who heard something and felt, yeah, I've, 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 I've felt that before, that it is better to give than to receive, that when we receive, that fills us up and then compels us to give because God gave us the greatest gift, Jesus. John 3.16 comes to mind, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. God gave us Jesus, in this morning, we're going to talk about how to respond to the gift that God's given to us by giving to one another. The early church focused on this. Let's read these verses together in Acts 2, 42 to 47. It says this, And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers, and awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done throughout the apostles, and all who believed were together and had all things in common, and they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking the bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people, and the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. Something that has stuck out to me in this passage is the amount of times that we read the word and. It's kind of overwhelming. It says, and they devoted themselves. Why does it say, and they devoted themselves? Because before then, they heard Peter preach this incredible message. He was filled with the Holy Spirit, and over 3,000 people came to believe in Jesus. They repented, they were baptized, and then they devoted themselves to these things, and they devoted themselves to the man who came, who died, who was buried, rose again, and ascended into heaven so that the Holy Spirit can come down. We talked about how they devoted themselves to gather gather in. Again, that's what we're doing here today. When we gather, God moves. He uses this gathering, and he uses our community group gatherings to speak to us through one another. Isn't that beautiful? Matthew 18 says, where two or three or more are gathered, there I am in their presence. He moves and speaks through us when we gather. And then last week, we looked at what it means to grow up and growing up means going from a dependent to an independent person to an interdependent person that becomes more like Jesus. And we grow up when we do the things that we're taught here to devote ourselves to the apostles' teachings and to prayer and to hanging out and breaking bread. Grow up. And today we'll look at how to give to one another. If grow up is vertical, this is horizontal. And then next week we'll look at how to go out, how to go out. So give two, 
one another and go out are easily the hardest of the four. Anybody else with me? Like if, if all we were called to do is to gather, sit, hear a message, raise our hands in worship, maybe feel the Jesus goosebumps, you know what I'm talking about, in worship, have all that good feeling and then go out and, 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 and then read our Bibles and, and grow up individually, that'd be cool. But did they stop there? No, it said that they shared all things together. Let's look at verse 44 and verse 45 of Acts chapter two. It speaks to the giving. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. This early church was radical. They were giving to one another out of the love of God that was compelling them to give. Nobody was forcing them. Nobody was putting conditions. You gotta give this way. You gotta. No, they were seeing a need and they were meeting the need and the early church was growing and growing and we'll look at that next week. Here is how we're called to live our lives. Romans 12 says this, that we are called to offer up our bodies as a living sacrifice. So that doesn't only mean giving our money. I know a lot of you are like, Jose's gonna just talk about money today. I gotta get all of my defenses so that he doesn't take my money. I don't want your money. God wants to use your money and he wants to give your time as well and your whole heart because Romans 12 says your whole life. I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. It's a lot more than just money. Amen? So here's the bottom line. We don't give because we have something in us called our sinful nature that wants to take. We want to take. We want to hoard. We want stuff, and we want lots of it, and we want more and more and more and more and more. Think about what happened in the Garden of Eden. Here was man and woman, Adam and Eve, and they had everything they needed, and yet the one thing they couldn't have, what did they do? They took it because it looked good, because it was pleasing to them. There was something in them that wanted to rebel against their very creator, and they took, we do the same thing. We want stuff. We want to take stuff for us because truly we don't believe that someone, meaning God, will actually provide and take care of us. We also give, but we give conditionally. Think about your favorite streaming subscription. We all have one. You know, you give monthly to this streaming service and you receive what? Entertainment, some valuable and most not. But we want something in return to our giving. It's how the world works. There's nothing wrong with that, but there is a difference to how God wants the body of Christ to give to one another. And we see this in this verse right here, see? If we are giving in order to receive something, we have it backwards. They were giving because of God's mercy. In view of God's mercy, don't miss it to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to him. This is your true and 
proper worship. So we're called to give because we have freely received. Freely we received, and so freely we give. And when we give, we learn. And I know a lot of us know this because we're an incredibly generous church family that it is better to give than to receive. Anybody else agree with that? That's what happens when we give. We, we are vehicles of God's blessing to one another, and then through that, the entire world. As the early church gathered here, the location was Jerusalem. This is where they started. Acts 1.8, Jesus, before he ascends into heaven, this is before Acts 2, he says that you will be my witnesses first in Jerusalem, and then in Judea, and then Samaria, and then to the ends of the earth. So they're in that first huddle, if you will. They're, they're gathering right before, poof, they scatter. And in Acts 180 says that you will be my witnesses. So they're in Jerusalem. There was this place in Jerusalem that was very important, the most important place of all. It's called the temple. And they were gathering in the temple corporately, and they were gathering in homes. And I, I, I said last week that I bet that a lot of them, when they were devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching, they were connecting the dots. They only had the 39 books of the Old Testament. They didn't have the 27 new books. And literally, the apostles were, were teaching and, and bringing forth this New Testament, in, breathing it into life back then. And, and one of the stories that I bet just maybe popped into someone's mind was how that temple came to be. And I came across it this week and I fist pumped in the air and I did a couple of laps, a couple of push-ups in, in, my, in my study because when God connects the dots, that pumps me up than maybe anything else in the world. And, and I truly believe that through this story in 1 Chronicles 28 and 29, we learn how to give to one another, how to get to this place that the early church was at where they were just giving sacrificially, selling things for uh, one another. The setting is the end of David's reign. So Old Testament, King David was the greatest king that Israel ever had. He was the second one. He obeyed God. He fought with his people. He was incredibly bold and, and courageous post-Goliath. He had an incredible reign. He messed up, and then he turned back to God, and he truly was a man after God's own heart, and his time was coming up, so he was passing the baton to his son Solomon, and God had given him a plan. God had given him a purpose, and he said, hey, I want you to build a temple, but at the end of his life, David realized that he wasn't gonna be the guy that built the temple. Reason being, David had too much blood on his hands. I don't quite understand that, but I do know that Solomon was a man of peace, and so God chose Solomon to build his temple instead of David. David gets this. He's preparing his son to be the king, and he's giving him this awesome wisdom and advice in front of every single person that had any sort of authority in Israel in that day, and that included uh, uh, officials and officers of, of the different divisions. All the people that served the king were assembled right there in the same place that thousands of years later, the first church is gathering in Jerusalem, right by where the temple is being built. We're in First Chronicles 28, and he says this 
to his son in front of the assembly in 1 Chronicles 28, 9 and 10. This is how David teaches us to be devoted to giving to one another. And he says, and you, Solomon, my son, know the God of your father and serve him with a whole heart and with a willing mind. For the Lord searches all hearts and understands every plan and thought. If you seek him, he will be found by you. If you forsake him, he will cast you off forever. Be careful now. Another translation says, take this seriously for the Lord has chosen you to build a house for the sanctuary. Be strong and do it. God is, uh, uh, David is prepping Solomon to complete a purpose that God had given him. Listen, God has given us an opportunity as Cypress Creek Church to build something really special. We, the church of Jesus Christ, are the hope of the world. And as, when, as we give to one another, that, that work grows and increases when we give back to God what is already his, as we will read here soon. And, and we see him do an awesome work in and through us. So what are the three, uh, I'm sorry, I got four points. What are the four points that, that David is teaching Solomon to be devoted to giving to one another? Well, the first one is we have to recognize needs and resources. So before he talks, David is telling Solomon, hey, look at all of these people that are gonna help you in this endeavor. What's the need? Well, back then it was the temple and what are the resources? The resources were these officials and everything that God had given Solomon. In verse 20, he writes, then David said to Solomon, his son, be strong and courageous and do it. Do not be afraid and do not be dismayed for the Lord God, even my God is with you. He will not leave you or forsake you until all the work for the service of the house of the Lord is finished. This is really important because God's gonna finish the work. He's gonna use whoever he wants to use. He doesn't need you or me. He didn't need Solomon or David. He chose to use Solomon, David, you, and I to build his kingdom, something greater than anything that we could imagine. And so, God chooses and says, hey, the need is the temple and, and the resources are all those that are around you. In verse 21, he says, and behold the divisions of the priests and the Levites for all the service of the house of God and with you and all the work will be every willing man who has skill for any kind of service. Also the officers and all the people will be holy at your command. In the church, these are called spiritual gifts that we all have. We all have different things that we can offer God for him to use as he builds his kingdom here on earth. 1 Corinthians 12, 7 says, a spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help one another. Not so that we can compare ourselves to the other. Oh, I want the spiritual gift of service. I want the spiritual gift of prophecy. I want the spiritual gift of leadership. I want the spiritual gift of teaching. I want the spiritual gift of, of being an apostle. That, that, that's not, it's not a comparison game. That's us in our nature. It's, a, it, it's a, for us to complement 
one another. God's given us these spiritual gifts to complement one another. So that means that this isn't just about money, right? It's also about our time and our talents. It's not only about the financial treasures that we have to give. He wants us to live sacrificially and give our spiritual gifts to him. I won't get into all the spiritual gifts, but you could look at Ephesians 4. You can look at 1 Peter 4, 1 Corinthians 12, and Romans chapter 12. Those are the biblical spiritual gifts that we have so that the body of Christ can continue to be built up. So let's recognize the needs and resources. Last thing with needs. We all have needs. Some of us are better at disclosing our needs than others. Some of us don't like raising our hands and say, hey, I'm needy. I'll never forget, uh, I was discipled by an overseer when I was in college, and he made us list out these emotional needs that, that we had, and we took a little assessment, and I remember coming into his office, and I said, I don't like these. I feel real needy. And then he looked at me, and he goes, that's how God made you. You have needs. And if we don't recognize the needs that we have, then we actually don't allow the body of Christ to fully work because we're not called to live this life alone. We're called to live vulnerably and transparently and collectively as we all play a part in meeting each other's needs. Recognize needs in resources. And then 1 Chronicles 28.9, in you, Solomon, my son, know the God of your Father. That's the second point, super important. Before we talk about giving any longer, Solomon is, David is telling Solomon, know the God of your father. Know the God of your father that helped me defeat the giant Goliath. Know the God of your father that helped me defeat enemy after enemy. Know the God of your father that forgave me after I was on my face asking for forgiveness. Know the God that rescues, redeems, and restores. See, it's hard to give when you don't know God. Then it just becomes a formula. Then, then we can fall into this prosperity gospel that I'm gonna give to God, give to God, give to God, only in order to receive. No, we give to God because we know God. This early church, think about it. They had just had their lives transformed. They recognized that they no longer had to work in order to receive salvation that thanks be to Jesus and what he did for us, they now have everlasting life. And as a response to that, they gave to one another. When I graduated, Taylor and I got married and, and we moved off to DC. And then college pastor called and said, hey, uh, looking for a student pastor. And so we prayed and decided that that was what God was calling us to. And, and there was a lot of interesting conversations, both in my workplace and uh, with some folks in my family. So in my workplace, I'll never forget, one guy didn't know God. He's like, well, a few people who didn't know God were like, what are you doing, man? Like, you just got a promotion six months ago. You're gonna leave? Are you angry? Are you sad? Are you dissatisfied? I'm like, no, I'm answering a call that's greater than anything that I could do uh, here, and it's just for God. And, and anyway, it's hard to explain, you know? And, and then one guy, I'll never forget, looked at me and said, so your faith is the most important thing for you in your life, right? And I said, yeah. So the leader that you served under in your college days that you told me changed your life called you and asked you to be a leader for what you value most in your life, right? I was like, yeah, because that's pretty cool. 
Like, oh my goodness, that's really cool. He humbled me in that moment because he made me realize what a tremendous call that is to answer. And then I had a, a conversation with a family member. We were visiting some family in Los Angeles who lived there at the time. And, and he said, so you're leaving secure, financial security in Washington, D.C., where you have promise and career to move to Wimberley, Texas to lead sixth graders? He said, yeah trying to remember, like, what did my friend just tell me? You know, it's the most thing that I value most of my life. And then he goes, who's going to pay your salary? He goes, that doesn't make any sense. I'm like, it, you're right. It really doesn't make much sense that the people of God are compelled by the Holy Spirit to give to the church so that people can devote their entire lives, their time to, to worship, not only worship God, but serve the body of Christ so that I can be pursuing students in sixth through 12th grade and I can do that full time and, and, and just put all of my energy to that. It sounds crazy. It is crazy when you don't know God. When you know God, I hope that you know somebody in the church that has blessed you, that has given to you in some way, shape, or form, because that's what, it's, what it means when we all play our part in building up the body of Christ, as we all give to one another. Know God is the second. The third is verse 28. Uh, chapter 28, verse nine, and you, Solomon, my son, know the God of your father and serve him with a whole heart. So this isn't just a job or just a service opportunity that we fulfill on Sunday mornings. We're called to give our entire hearts to him. David was a man after God's own heart. He knows a thing or two. And if you're wondering, how do I do this? Read the Psalms. Read the Psalms where David pours out his heart time and time again to the Lord and serves his people as he continually leads them. He came through time and time again for David. If you wanna know what it means to serve God with your whole heart, look at Peter who again preached in Acts 2 before the early church formed how Peter went from a guy who denied Jesus three times and then Christ redeemed his life, and here he was leading the church. See, it's not just about a position. It's about being people that are giving our whole hearts to God. Matthew 6, 19 through 21 says this. Jesus is teaching his disciples how to live differently, how this new way of living looks like. And he says, don't store up treasures here on earth where moths eat them and rust destroy them and where thieves break in and steal. See, remember what we talked about earlier that we just take? It's true, right? Uh, this life is unfair when we invest in earthly things, we lose it at some point. Either somebody else takes it or we die and it just stays and we don't get to take it to us. And so in verse 20, he teaches us, store your treasures in heaven where moths and rust cannot destroy and thieves do not break in and steal. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. If you wanna know, what you are devoted to, look a few places. One, do an assessment. Your weekly day, how you spend your time. That'll teach you and me what we are devoted to. 
If we're spending most of our time in our jobs, then we're fully devoted to our jobs. If we're devoting most of our time to following our kids around in their activities, and that's what we're devoting our time to. If we're devoting most of our time to binge shows on Netflix and other streaming devices, that's what we're devoting our lives to. If we're devoting most of our time to giving to one another in one shape or form, then we know that we're devoting our lives to giving to God as we give to one another. Look at your bank account. Follow the money trail. It's honest. It's, it's convicting. When we look, like, where is my money going to? That is where your heart is. Where your treasure is, that is where the desires of your heart will be. Convicting and honest words from Jesus. So far, heart is postured on only satisfying ourselves. Here's the reality. We're never going to be satisfied. It's only more and more and more that we will want. But when we turn our hearts and we say, God, we want to give to you. We want to live. We want to be a living sacrifice. We find ultimate satisfaction as we serve him, as we focus on the things above, not on the things of this earth. 2 Corinthians 9, 7 frees us from any sort of guilt that comes from me or any other person. Check it out. Paul preaches, you must each decide in your heart how much to give and don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure for God loves a person who gives cheerfully. My friends, I am so proud to be a part of a church full of cheerful givers. So this ain't a pressure thing. This is a response thing as we look at what he has done and we respond to him. So we give and serve with our whole heart. And lastly, with a willing mind. We serve him with a willing mind. I think of the apostles, of the disciples that are sitting under the apostles teaching in that early church, and they are fully convicted. I mean, they're right there with them. They're studying the scriptures. They're connecting all of these dots, and so they're willingly giving up their stuff so that their needs are being met. Romans 12, 11 says, do not be slothful in zeal. Be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. You ever seen a sloth? They're not very exciting. I was at the Amazon on a mission trip with this church. We were leading worship in the villages, and these sloths, they hang out, they hang out real, real high because they know they don't stand a chance as they come down from that tree. Something will grab them, anaconda, all the other things. The trees shoot things at things in the Amazon. Anyway, slothful is what we don't want to look like, and we can be slothful Christians when we just check the boxes, but when we're giving with our whole heart, when we're giving willingly, we see this come alive. We're fervent in spirit. We know God. We know the needs. We know the resources, and we give willingly as we serve the Lord. The last uh, verses that I want to read are in 1 Chronicles 29. David is speaking to the assembly 
He's addressing Solomon, and he's basically, this is his swan song. This is the the final things that that he is saying. He says, so I have provided for the house of my God so far as I was able. The gold for the things of gold, the silver for the things of silver, the bronze for the things of bronze, the iron for the things of iron, and the wood for the things of wood, besides great quantities of onyx and stones for setting, antimony, colored stones, all sorts of precious stones and marble. So he's being specific about what he has already given. But listen to this in verse three, moreover, in addition to all that, I have provided for the holy house. I have a treasure of my own, of gold and silver. And because of my devotion to the house of my God, I give it to the house of my God. That's willing. That's what it looks like to willingly give. And then he lists pretty amazing 3,000 talents of gold or the gold of Ophir and 7,000 talents of refined silver for the overlaying of the walls of the house and for all the work to be done by craftsmen, gold for the things of gold and silver for the things of silver. Who then will offer willingly consecrating himself today to the Lord? Man, that's a leader leading by example. Anybody with me? That's exciting. That's good stuff that David teaches us then. And, and I can see in this early church people just go like one person inspiring the next to give and the next to give. And here you have the domino effect and you have this beautiful example of what it means to give to one another. Look at how it ends, verse six. Then the leaders of the father's houses made their free will offerings, as did also the leaders of the tribes, the commanders of thousands and of hundreds of the officers over the king's work. They gave for the service of the house of God, again, very specific, 5,000 talents and 10,000 sterics of gold and 10,000 talents of silver and 18,000 stones, uh, where am I, talents of bronze and 10,000 talents of irons. And whoever had precious stones gave them to the treasury of the house of the Lord in the care of Jehiel, the Gershonite. Then the people rejoiced because they had given willingly. For with a whole heart, they had offered freely to the Lord. David, the king, also rejoiced greatly. All right, Jose, that's the temple of the Lord. What are you building? What building are you building? We're not talking about a building here. Although you're gonna hear about Pastor David and a building that he's building in Santiago here in a second. What God is building, he's building this very same thing here among us that he did when the early church was being built. It was the body of Christ empowered by the Holy Spirit growing with one another and multiplying in Judea, uh, uh, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, into the ends of the earth. God is building something new here because we're not building a, a physical temple because you and I have the temple of the Holy Spirit inside of us. And so because of that reality, we get to take part of something that God is doing as we give to one another. David closes with the prayer with which I want to close our uh, time here before we move on to really putting this into practice and giving to our global and our local ministry partners. In Chronicles 29, Verses 10 through 19, David says this beautiful prayer that I believe encapsulates everything that we have talked about. In verse 10, he says, Blessed are you, 
O Lord, the God of Israel, our Father, forever and ever. Yours, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty for all that is in the heavens and in the earth is yours. It's all his anyway. We just get to give back to God. What a beautiful opportunity he's given us. Yours is the kingdom, O Lord, and you are exalted as the head above all. Both riches and honor come from you, and you rule over all. In your hand are power and might, and in your hand it is to make great and to give strength to all. And now we thank you, our God, and praise your glorious name. But who am I and what is my people that we should be able thus to offer willingly? For all things come from you, and of your own have we given you. For we are strangers before you and sojourners as all our fathers were. Our days on the earth are like a shadow, and there is no abiding. O Lord our God, all this abundance that we have provided for building you a house for your holy name comes from your hand and is all your own. I know, my God, that you test the heart and have freely and have pleasure in uprightness. In the uprightness of my heart, I freely offered all these things. And now I have seen your people who are present here offering freely and joyously to you. O Lord, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, our fathers, keep forever such purposes and thoughts in the hearts of your people and direct their hearts toward you. It is an honor for us to give to God this morning and put this into practice. As we have this offering for our missions partners, both local and global, again, every single dollar, every check, anything else that you wanna give goes outside of the walls of Cypress Creek Church. If you're on the live stream, you can give online. You got the ccc.guide there. You can do that on your phones as well. We have the amazing privilege from the beginning of this church to partner with dozens of local and global ministry partners. And today we'll hear from Pastor David Grimaldo, 28 years we've been in um, ministry. We've been running this race with him, Pastor Rob. And then I've connected with him and his son, Jacob. And it's been cool to see the generational shift. And they have, are doing amazing things in Nuevo Leon, in Santiago, Mexico, right? Uh, south of the border, about two, three hours south. And we went down there a few weeks ago and we uh, asked them some questions. We made this video. Check it out. Yo no quería venir para Nuevo León. Yo quería ir a lugares donde hubiera mucha necesidad. Pero Dios nos dijo que nos quería aquí. Entonces venimos aquí, otra vez, sin dinero, sin apoyo, sin nada. Y Dios ha sido fiel. Mi nombre es Pastor David Grimaldo, muchos me conocen. Eh, somos amigos de Cypress Creek de hace 28 años. Y estamos sirviendo al Señor aquí, en, en Santiago, desde pues, hace 28 años, aquí en, en, en el cercado específicamente. Empezamos casi simultáneamente con Cypress Creek y Palabra de Vida en Santiago. Y Dios me llamó a servirle por tiempo completo, cuando yo, yo ya me andaba, andaba muy mal, muy descargado, Dios me tocó nuevamente, me hizo volver, pero no solamente me hizo volver, sino que me dijo, ahora me vas a servir. A cada lugar que Dios nos mandaba, íbamos sin dinero, sin trabajo, sin apoyo, 
sin nada. Llegábamos a una ciudad y empezábamos a, a predicar en las casas y eh, el lugar donde nos quedábamos, invitábamos a la gente a venir y se iban formando así las iglesias. Y ahí, así empezamos la palabra de vida Santiago. Pero bueno, gracias a Dios conocemos a, a todos nuestros queridos hermanos en, en Santos Creek de hace mucho tiempo. Sé que muchos de ellos ya están con el Señor, pero cuando estuvieron aquí fueron una grande, grande bendición. Y ahora pues nuevas generaciones, que es una gran bendición como ustedes. Durante 20 años hemos buscado un terreno para la iglesia. Hemos sido pacientes confiando en que Dios tiene sus tiempos. Entonces, los terrenos aquí en Santiago, como ya muchos saben, son muy caros y mucho dinero para tener un buen terreno y la ubicación sobre todo. Entonces, siempre estuvimos orando y orando, creyendo que este es el terreno, que aquel es el terreno, este es el terreno. Y no, no era, y no era, y no era. Y nosotros orábamos para que fuera el milagro de Dios, para que se viera Dios en nuestra petición. Alguien nos dijo, hay un terreno en tal parte y está muy barato. Ustedes lo pueden comprar. Sin embargo, dijo el Señor, sí, a ese precio yo se lo estoy dando. Sé que es para una iglesia, sé que es bueno lo que van a hacer. Y... Ahí está el terreno. Entonces le dije, ¿cuánto quiere por el terreno? Y él dice, 250 mil pesos. Eh, teníamos 250 mil pesos guardados. Entonces yo dije, bueno, orando, orando para que no fuera una trampa o algo así. Entonces fuimos a ver el terreno y lo que vimos, la visión que tuvimos es un lugar para la gente. Ese terreno está muy bonito, muy bien, bueno para arreglarlo, 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 pensando en los niños y también en la gente que vaya a recibir. Entonces es un lugar ideal, precioso. Dios es fiel. Queremos impactar Santiago con esto. Y, y, y los años que hemos estado aquí, siempre hemos procurado eso. Hablarle a la gente de Cristo, hablarle a todos los, todos los que podamos. Y siempre estamos pensando cuál es el futuro de, de, de nuestra iglesia. Y Dios nos ha dicho, literalmente, que Él quiere un lugar, quiere un lugar para nosotros. Y que ese lugar Dios lo va a llenar. Todavía va a haber tiempo para alcanzar almas para Cristo y para que ese lugar se llene. Y yo veo el futuro para eh, Santiago. Porque es una cosa interesante que nuestro templo va a estar ubicado al sur. Donde el crecimiento va para allá. Y realmente, obviamente, pensamos en que un día nuestros hijos se van a encargar de eso. Y nosotros vamos a ir con el señor de vacaciones. Porque aquí no. Aquí vamos hasta allí trabajando, trabajando, trabajando todo el tiempo. Que Dios nos dé fuerzas. Porque así, así lo, lo sentimos. We went down there and he said that this 
place was south of the city. Well, the place that they're currently renting and worshiping is right in the middle of the city. So I had a lot of doubts thinking we should find a place that's in the city. Here comes, you know, I'm, I'm the solutions guy. I'm the fix-it guy, you know, telling him how to do it. And so we show up to the place where they're building or where they're getting the land ready for them to build. And, and I see this. It is a creek and a cypress tree right behind Pastor David. Right as we're entering in, we're Cypress Creek, right? And so I quietly said, all right, God, I will be quiet and, and humble myself before your plan and follow this amazing man who has been so diligent in working for the Lord, Lord in ways that we can't even imagine here. They do an amazing work. We have been supporting them for 20 years, and we also have been already supporting them for this purchase of the land and, and fees and, and buildings. So know that your mission's dollars blesses this work as well as so many others work. If you click that missions button on the ccc.guide, you'll get the list of ministry partners, their prayer requests, their praises, ways that you can follow what God is doing. It is a privilege, amen, to be able to walk alongside these amazing men and women of God as we both, all, Build his kingdom here on earth. There are three ways that we give. The first is, is this way. We give financially. We give our resources to them. We bless them. But we also give uh, our time. We go there. We, we spend time with one another. We encourage them. We host them here. You'll have the opportunity to hear from a few this semester. And we also pray for them every single week. International intercession was at the beginning of the year. Uh, you can Text Rhonda if you want that uh, link, or, or you can go on the guide. I think it's there to pray for their requests and their praises. It is such, again, an honor. I feel redundant, but it just is an honor to come alongside them and build the kingdom of God together. So would you do two things? One, stand, and two, pray with me that God will multiply the resources as the buckets come back. Feel free to give that way, or again, you can give on Line. Let's pray. 